I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're going to go out in some sort of TV show, then you'd like to know you're going to go out like a hero. Maybe you get a little bit of a big speech and, you know, your death really affects canon going forward. And then there's these guys. With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Who Culture, and here are 10 Doctor Who characters who died for no reason. Number 10, Lucy Saxon, The End of Time. The grand finale to the Tenant Era begins with the Master being brought back to life by his disciples, but his return is very nearly halted by his former wife, Lucy Saxon, who attempts to undo his resurrection by hitting him with a death potion. This creates a huge explosion that destroys Lucy in the process, and to make things even worse, this supposedly powerful potion ends up doing absolutely nothing. It's the very definition of a pointless death, because Lucy ends up dying for no real reason. Not only does the Master survive her attack, he even goes on to enact his evil plan. And what's more, Lucy's name is never mentioned again. Hell, all the potion actually does is dye his hair blonde and make him a little bit crazier than usual. Step back and look at the end of time as a whole, and Lucy's death is completely irrelevant to the plot. The master would still come back with or without her intervention, and the new abilities he gains from the death potion could easily be removed from the story without affecting much. Lucy wanted revenge, but her death ultimately ends up feeling rather hollow. Number 9, Alea, Cold Blood. Series 5's The Hungry Earth, Cold Blood, is a decent story from current showrunner Chris Chibnall. It's full of high points, like the Silurians and the humans arguing over ownership of the planet Earth, but it also contains examples of Chibnall's worst writing habits, from extreme contrivances to ridiculously dumb characters. At one point early in the second episode, both of those things combine to create one of the most frustrating deaths in modern Who, that of Alea, a Silurian warrior. When Alea's people take several humans hostage, the Doctor decides to capture her, holding her hostage in return. The Doctor then sets off to Silurian base camp in order to arrange for the safe exchange of hostages, before he departs, he implores his human allies, Rory, Ambrose and Tony Mack, to keep Alea safe. Simple enough, you might think. Alea is chained up in the basement and she isn't going anywhere. All the humans have to do is leave her alone. At this point though, Chibnall comes in with one of those aforementioned dumb character contrivance super duper combos, with Ambrose pulling a bizarre move and actually deciding to shoot Alea, destroying the Doctor's only bargaining chip. What makes this particularly silly is that Ambrose's son and husband were among the captured humans. To get them back, all she had to do was, you know, not kill the Silurian hostage, but she couldn't even manage that simple task. Number 8, the Acid Bath Guards, Vengeance on Virus. An infamous example of the Sixth Doctor's more brash attitude towards the universe.
universe occurs in 1985's Vengeance on Varus, where he accidentally murders two unsuspecting guards by sending them into an acid bath. This happens when the Doctor collapses, gets captured, and is then taken to this acid bath area for disposal. Here, the two guards, who believe the Doctor is dead, turn their backs on him, at which point the Doctor stands up and taps one guard on the shoulder, creating a scuffle which culminates in their grisly deaths. Over the years, people have attempted to defend the Doctor's actions here, but the fact is, he could have avoided this bloodshed by simply leaving the room with the guards weren't looking at him. Surely he knows that jump-scaring two men who were leaning over a pool of bubbling acid is a really bad idea, and surprise, it is. These poor guys were just trying to earn a living to feed their families, but instead, they got melted down into sludge because the Doctor didn't think things through. Number 7. The Bus Driver, Planet of the Dead 2009 Easter adventure Planet of the Dead takes place on the baking hot desert planet of San Helios, where the 10th Doctor has unwittingly trapped not just himself, but an entire bus full of human and civilians. The only way to escape this barren hellhole is via a nearby portal, which sounds quite convenient. On the downside though, anyone who walks through it will be stripped down to a skeleton in a matter of seconds, which is exactly what happens to the poor old bus driver, who lunges through it without a care in the world. Now, sure, he was a bit of an idiot for not listening to the doctor's warning about the portal, but some of the blame for his easily preventable death can also be levelled at the doctor himself. The driver is clearly eager to return home, and the doctor is obviously smart enough to sense what he's about to do. So, how does this mighty, intelligent Time Lord respond? He half-heartedly holds out a single arm. Come on, Doctor, you can see this guy's about to walk into a fiery portal of death, so why not put in a little more effort? Why not rugby tackle him to the ground? The sand would cushion your landing. Number 6. Dorian Maldivar, A Good Man Goes to War Even though Dorian Maldivar's big blue bald head did return a couple of episodes later, he technically died in Season 6 as A Good Man Goes to War, and in a really stupid way. While preparing to battle the headless monks in order to defend Amy Pond and her newborn child, Dorian, with an extremely worried tone of voice, notices that the monks are are singing their attack prayer. Basically, they're in hostile mode, and these guys don't take prisoners. But then, a few moments later, Dorium appears to lose all the smarts and wit that we've been led to believe he had. Instead of fleeing, picking up a weapon, or standing with his allies, he decides to walk straight towards the monks, hoping that they'll leave him alone. Why? Because they once conducted business together. Face palm. Considering that, again, it was Dorium himself who noticed the attack prayer in the first place, this is a really flimsy reason to walk towards a group of angry lightsaber wielding aliens, and sure enough, Dorium's stupidity is rewarded when one of the monks chops off his head. Number 5. The Defenseless Ogron, Day of the Daleks Remember how the Doctor supposedly hates using guns? Well, turns out the Time Lord is quite flexible on that standpoint. For reference, just look at the 1972 serial Day of the Daleks, where the third Doctor has no problems with picking up a gun and blasting aliens to death, in some cases, aliens who don't even pose a threat to him. At the very end of the second episode, the Doctor is attacked by the Ogrons, mindless goons that are lacking in the intelligence department. One of these creatures bursts into the room, but the Doctor stops it by using his Venusian karate skills to steal its weapon, ending the fight before it can even begin. Well, scratch that, because the Doctor then decides to ramp up the fight by blasting the defenseless Ogron with its own weapon, vaporising it in an instant. He could have left it alone or used his melee skills to knock it unconscious, but nope, the hapless alien just had to die. The Doctor then continues his rampage by running outside and shooting a second Ogron, although, to be fair, that one was shooting back. 
Number four, Sarah Kingdom, the Daleks' master plan. Partially missing first Doctor serial, the Daleks' master plan, features the death of short-term companion Sarah Kingdom. And while it's certainly a horrific, memorable demise, it only happens because she doesn't listen to a basic instruction given by the Doctor, making the outcome feel highly frustrating. In the final episode, the Doctor activates the Time Destructor, a super weapon that can drastically increase the flow of time. While doing so, he implores his companions, Stephen and Sarah, to head back into the TARDIS out of the Time Destructor's reach. Stephen obliges, but Sarah instead decides to double back and help the Doctor, an act which seals her death. The Time Destructor ages her up significantly, making her frail and weak before she finally turns into a pile of dust. Sarah's intentions were noble, sure, but the Doctor didn't even need her help, and as such, it felt like the serial had to dumb her down a little to make her go back for him, creating a weak excuse to kill her off. Interestingly, there might even be some truth to this assessment. Sarah was intended as a one-and-done companion, so her death had to happen no matter what, and this was clearly deemed the best way to do it. Number three, Father Octavian, Flesh and Stone. Father Octavian and his group of clerics helped the 11th Doctor track down an escaped weeping angel in Series 5's The Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone a difficult mission that would turn out to be his last. Octavian is actually the last B character to be killed off in the story, surviving all the way up to the final stages of the second episode. What's more, he comes within a few teeny footsteps of a potential escape route, but just when it looks like he's about to make it out, an angel sneaks up and grabs him in a fatal headlock. Not to point fingers or anything, but this is another death that the Doctor could have easily prevented. The hatch to that aforementioned escape route, the Byzantium's primary flight deck, has been open for a solid minute, and River Song has already crawled through. All the Doctor and Octavian had to do was follow her, but instead, the Doctor gets lost in his own thoughts, stands there, and rambles about the flow of time. Octavian, well aware of the stone assassins lurking nearby, insists that they leave, but the Doctor's lack of urgency costs him his life when the angel strikes. This one stings extra hard because of how awesome a character Octavian is. He's tough and stern, but he's also cool and likeable. A tricky balance that actor Ian Glenn, who, of course, many will recognise from Game of Thrones, absolutely nails. It's a massive shame that his Hooniverse stint was cut short in such a needless fashion. Number 2. Adric, Earthshock After the season 12 episode Praxius aired in 2020, Adric's death became a huge topic of debate in Whovian circles. In that episode, the 13th Doctor rescues a man from a crashing ship by materialising the TARDIS around him. This was a similar scenario to the one that Adric faced in 1982's Earthshock, only, in that case, his ship blew up, and the Doctor didn't even try to save him. For years, fans have wondered why the 5th Doctor couldn't rescue his doomed companion by materialising the TARDIS around him, and Praxius brought that question to the forefront by demonstrating that, yes, that would have been possible. To play devil's advocate though, the serial does offer an explanation for why the 5th Doctor didn't act. In the closing moments, he mentions that the TARDIS console had been damaged, and thus, he can't pilot it to Adric's side. However, looking back, this excuse is rather flimsy. The TARDIS gets damaged all the time, and its performance never seems to be affected. It's also a throwaway line, and many viewers don't catch it, which explains the Praxius outrage, so it's understandable why some fans maintain the belief that Adric's death would have been easy to prevent. Number 1. Charlie Duffy, Kerblam. Series 11's Kerblam is a solid episode that completely loses the plot in its final stretch. At first, it seems to be a condemnation of the way that big corporations treat their ground-level workers. Kerblam is an Amazon-like company that has replaced most of its human employees with robotic counterparts, but in a late-game twist, we learn that one of those ground-level workers is actually actually the bad guy. This worker is Charlie Duffy, who has grown deeply frustrated with Kerblam's over-reliance on machines. 
In response, he plans to detonate an army of delivery bots in civilian homes, killing thousands of innocents and making it seem as though the machines are to blame, creating more jobs for humans as a result. Though Kerblam was clearly supposed to be an anti-corporate piece, turning Charlie into a terrorist totally confuses the episode's messaging, an issue that only worsens when writer Pete Matai decides to kill him off in a hilarious, stupid way. When the Doctor reprograms the delivery bots to remain in their current positions, Charlie tries to escape by running into the middle of the fleet. On the plus side though, he has tons of time to escape before the explosions go off, but instead he decides to stand there, and stand there, and stand there, for no apparent reason. Bizarrely, the Doctor then just teleports away and leaves him to die, not seeming all too bothered about resigning this troubled young lad to his undeserved fate. Not only did Charlie's death lack purpose within the story, it was executed in a forehead slapping manner. It's easily one of the stupidest Doctor Who deaths in recent years. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.